Hey everyone, welcome back to Slayer Layer. I'm Amanda. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. And today we're talking about Buffy Season 1, Episode 5, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. I think that's just like good advice. Yeah, you never kill a boy title. on the first date. <laughs> like, this, that was just Buffy's takeaway, I guess, from this whole episode. The lesson learned, right? If there's a, if there's a lesson learned every episode. Not the first date. It's interesting because we very recently had that, like, She Mantis episode, which was, like, all about having sex murdering, and murdering on the first day <laughs> on the first day yeah so it's pretty soon after that this is a follow-up yeah <laughs> that's confirming that that wasn't a cool practice <laughs> well hi everyone thanks for joining us today um i think we should just dive right in just like how this episode kind of dived right in yeah they're uh, not yeah. messing around <laughs> For They're like, this is Buffy, the vampire yeah. slayer. It, no, it's so many episodes <laughs> open, like this episode with her just like fighting someone. <laughs> like there's no, and then they just kind of, they kind of Tarantino it where it's like it opens fighting someone and then she explains like what, why, how you got here as the viewer. <laughs> like all the story comes after the action. But we open up, of course, Buffy kicking ass in the Sunnydale graveyard favorite hangout spot um she definitely just gives the guy the 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 one two she gives the good we all need the catchphrase like the the law and order catchphrase like the right before the dun 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 dun. <laughs> she has the catchphrase um right before she sticks the stake in and she says I'm Buffy and your history <laughs> so good <laughs> I feel like she must practice them in the mirror or something I wish she said herstory <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing Gosh, and she it. just had a regular steak so she was like obviously prepared like I actually rewinded it because I was like what was that material that her steak was and it <laughs> was just normal like pre- whittled vamp steak <laughs> all steaks have to be whittled like they can't be sanded or anything like it has to be actually whittled from yeah, wood for the best efficacy <laughs> <laughs> but so actually jen that's why dude so she was prepared because why because like <laughs> she was being tested or something graded yeah so as soon as we get the vamp dust <sighs> Then we get this like Giles pops up from behind this huge tombstone, like a cement box, I guess. And he just like he just pops what up. What the tombstone looks like? And he essentially judges her like it was some Olympics gymnastic <laughs> training that she was going through. And he's just like poor technique, prioritizing subpar execution was adequate which i appreciated the pun there <laughs> <laughs> he also had a really good one-liner like buffy buffy had her history line and then giles's excellent line was 
plunge and move on plunge <laughs> and move on yes. said three times in a row and was amazing i, I like the concept was... of the word plunge being used as well, he's stabbing not a fan someone of the theatrics. he's not a, he's not a fan of the one-liners he's like these are people with stories <laughs> have some respect I was upset that they didn't bring it back to plunge and move on in the end. Totally, when she's fighting hella vamps, I feel like that would have been more appropriate. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity to bring it back. (laughs) Okay, and then they, what is it that they find? They find a ring, and it's like a super chunky metal (laughs) ring that you would see at, like, the Berkeley Bowl, like, fucking flea market. Like, with all the silver, (laughs) like an indigo ring. It's like a huge ring that he finds where the ashes, like, exploded from the vampire. Dude, which also leads me to so many questions. So, is it, why didn't that turn into dust? None of his clothes are there. It's just that ring. Maybe because it's part of this, like, prophetic brotherhood. Maybe because it is more of a mystical item than because of the plot just armor. his clothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, what about, yeah, what if it's the material? He, but oh. he wouldn't be wearing a silver ring, right? Well, that's what I was wondering, too. Like, he's a I demon, think, I thought right? silver. Maybe it's pewter. Oh. Okay. It's old-timey metal, I feel like, still. That's true. Um, Wait, would Pewter leave, like, a weird green mark on his hand? I don't think or so. no? Is that... I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. It would... I feel like it would be really soft, though. I don't think it would have lasted through time. <laughs> Giles, they find the ring, and then it flashes to the master. Yeah, Giles says that they are going to go search a book, and then you have a sort of twist i guess a little mini twist where you see a dusty book opening up and you expect <laughs> to see giles's hands but what who's that the master looking at I his think... own dusty book that definitely happened to me like the book gets like slammed down and like explodes with dust and i was like damn giles is really pulling out like the vintage yeah. like <laughs> cop reference books right now but it's the master's Dude, and I feel Dude, and like they've it's... really upgraded the Hellmouth. Like, there is red carpet down there. And <laughs> someone has definitely been, like, keeping up in the cobwebs, keeping it dusted. There's more candles. It's very bright. He has this, like, crazy throne that seems like got polished up since the last time. And, yeah, I feel like I had kind of forgotten that he, I, I don't know. I'm just happy that we got back to the master and I'm happy that he spent some time like upgrading his pad. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to be here for a while. So, okay. <laughs> so he's talking to his, so he's reading from the dusty book and he's talking okay, about. Wait, no. <clears throat> he doesn't read from the dusty book. So he doesn't, he doesn't. Why does he the, pull it out? Exactly, dude. The dusty book stays dusty. And then he just doesn't he open it, it. He slams it down and yeah. the dust falls up. And then he, from memory recites this prophecy, never opening the book dude and i don't understand <laughs> what the point is Wait, i thought that he for sure was reading from the book no dude i feel like the master's really committed to theatrics because if he had this memorized for hell years and he would not have even needed to get the book out and it's so dusty that he obviously didn't open it and recently read it to remind himself what it was 
he knows that shit from memory, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like he had to memorize it in master grade school or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, I definitely feel like he gives off kind of like a leather daddy <laughs> impression. <laughs> anyways so I feel like his commitment to theatrics really fits into how I am envisioning his backstory I like it (laughs) I appreciate that um who do you guys remember like who he's reading it to because we get kind of a reveal of like who the master is working with right now and who these prophecies are about so I thought the, it was just some vampy guys. Oh no, it's the no, they're called a, yeah, yeah the, order. the brethren, the, the brethren of Arielis. That's right. Brethren. Yeah, and the and so they read. He reads them this prophecy that he has memorized, and he says, five will die, and from their ashes the anointed shall rise." Ooh. It was weird because I thought he was like the big baddie, right? But he is talking about a bigger baddie, like an anointed to help, like an assistant or something. He's definitely like still trapped, you know? And so I think he can't live to his full, he can't, I guess he can't like go above ground and do his own bidding because he's still trapped in that like weird time warpy thing. They did that CGI thing where he where he like, like slowly <laughs> runs his hands over it. He's like, Wait, it was forget. It was good to finally find out what that was because remember we thought that was like his powers, but really <laughs> it was his like Prison? imprisonment. Yeah, I guess like he just couldn't. He's like a mime, like a trap. <laughs> he just can't. There's like a wall there. So I'm glad that that was like confirmed what that actually was. <laughs> So we're ta- so he's telling them about the anointed. Wait, so the Aurelius bros, like, do they already know? Are they standing there like, yeah, we know this already? Or is he like blowing their mind right now? Like I feel, I feel like, like they like must know they it know. already. Yeah. It's okay. like an, it's like an ancient, it's a dusty book prophecy. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, but maybe they need a reminder because it's been a few decades and like they're not the master, they're just pawns in his vampy scheme. So maybe they need to be reminded that like tonight is the big night where this prophecy is going to happen. I think he was just like hyping them up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this was the speech before the big game with yeah. the weird esoteric rhetoric. Like, He's like, from memory. five will die. Like, yeah. And they all have their like matching chunky rings on. <laughs> I'm upset we didn't get like a scene where they all put their rings together. <laughs> they have them. Let's just imagine that happened off that camera. Definitely happens. That definitely yeah. happens. And so part um, of the prophecy is that the anointed, the slayer will not know him, will not stop him, and he shall lead the slayer into hell. So <laughs> Did you immediately think it was Angel? Oh, I remember the first no, time dude. I saw this episode, I was like, dude, it's definitely Angel. At this point in the episode, I was like, it's Angel, it's Angel. Dude, that would have actually been pretty awesome. I kind of wish it had been. Yeah. Let's write a letter to Joss Whedon. 
Yeah, I definitely didn't know who it was. Later on in the episode, in my notes, I definitely was like, I'm so excited to see who the anointed one is. <laughs> no, that's like, this is one of my favorite episodes because there's like five different times when I was like, I know who it is. <laughs> but Dude, I definitely... Go for it. Were you surprised at the end? No. Without saying right now who it was, like, were you surprised? Yeah. Or did you figure it out before it, no, it happened? No, I was too super surprised. But we can talk like about that. Let's talk job. about that at the end. Let's talk about that. Yeah. We don't want to skip oh, okay. over our... So, okay, so one thing I that was, was surprised. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> me, me as well. <laughs> so, one thing that was a surprise to me was that there was no double intro in this episode. And in our first episode, we were oh trying God, to remember right. when that ended. And I feel like I was very wrong. I predicted that it would go on for at least the whole first season, maybe more than that. But in this episode, I didn't, it didn't happen. And now I can't remember right. if it didn't happen in the last episode either. And we just missed it. But yeah, that was my big surprise. Was oh shit! So by, at least by episode five, they were like, "Okay, they get it." Yeah, yeah, they get who one, you. There's one girl. There's one girl. We got it. So then we get the intro, and we are back at the library, of course, because we have the chunky ring. So we need to decode what that's all about. And then they reveal like what is on the chunky ring. And it's just this, like, <laughs> super 90s sun. Like, I feel like they they did not try at all to make this ring look like it was not from the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I was thinking it looks like they just got it at a flea market. Yeah, it definitely looks like, like it Like, how many of these rings have we bought, did we, like, <laughs> within the last five years? Like everyone has an <laughs> uncle who has a tattoo that looks like that on their ankle. I thought something. you were going to say everyone has an uncle that wears the chunky pewter rings that have like the weird like skull or something. Yes. Like oh my God, dude. Also that it's probably the same uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. And then they're, so looking at the ring and who... Who, who do we get coming in? Owen! Owen. <laughs> Owen, and he is wearing a super deep V sweater, but like with a <laughs> t-shirt underneath. Like he is, because I guess he's 16. And Okay, I wrote down, so giant 90s guy walks in, <laughs> 40? Question mark? <laughs> I can't tell if he's 16 or 60, dude. Like, no matter, depending on what light he's standing in, I'm like. And okay, so this was definitely someone who I was like, okay, never mind. It's not Angel, it's Owen, dude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, because they are talking about, they're in the middle of like, oh, oh my God, this chunky ring. It's obviously in reference to the Order of Aurelius you know, it's going to be, the the prophecy says, you know, it's going to be someone, right? Or aren't they talking about it's going to be someone that's going to lead the Slayer to hell? Yeah, I feel like right and away then Owen they walks know about in. it. Yeah, dude, he walks in right away. And he's and 40. And he, he's definitely like a never been kissed. Like, I'm in high school. And I was like, oh my God, it's him. This is the guy, dude. 
Dude, maybe he is a reporter there to try to undercover, <laughs> like, why so many murders happened in Sunnydale in high school. Like, and like from the New York Times. He's trying to figure out what happened to Dr. Gregory. <laughs> it's Dr. Gregory's, like, son. 40-year-old son. He couldn't be a son. Oh, that's right. Oh, the virgin thing. Yeah. yeah. That was unfortunate. Anyways. Um, okay, and also, I thought it was him because he walks in and he's like, I lost my Emily Dickinson and I was yeah. like um yeah Dude. of course you love Emily Dickinson because you were alive when she was like making poetry <laughs> but he says it like way more annoying than that he walks in and he's like I lost my Emily Dickinson and I was like <laughs> okay I literally wrote in my notes okay guy like I also loved Emily Dickinson when I was 16 and I creepily carried around paperbacks of her poetry and I never was like, my Emily. Okay, I don't so I guess that's one that. point in supporting that his character is 16 then because it is yeah. very moody. Yeah, he's so moody, dude. He, he's so moody. He, you thought Angel was moody. He can only yeah. meet Emily. Owen. Oh, and at one point they're like, oh my God, it's Owen. Owen Thurman. And at first I thought that she were talking about Uma Thurman. Me too. <laughs> I thought she said Uma Thurman. And I was like, what? because it was, it was like close it's like oh me and owen thurman were talking and i was like wait what must, um, have, been, must have been also... like stoned watching pulp fiction <laughs> when he like thought of this guy's name he was like uh owen thurman <laughs> perfect dude and speaking of just how like dark he was willow definitely makes this comment where she says that he can brood for 40 minutes straight because she timed it once <laughs> which means that like willow spent 40 minutes just like watching this guy brood silently <laughs> dude and also it's like so buffy like sees owen and she immediately is wet and it's like mm -hmm. girl have a tight much <laughs> like you just like super giant brooding white dude <laughs> that looked 40 I guess, like, <laughs> wow, Sunnydale is flooded, flooded them. Dude, but and she, like, so Buffy has, like, a super inappropriate outfit, too, for high school. She has on these, like, knee-high go-go boots and then this super short but also, like, business casual dress. And it is so short, dude. Like, her, when she has her hands down, her dress comes up to her, like, way above her wrist dude like she would not be allowed to wear that shit at school <laughs> it is so inappropriate um she chases him around the library right so he shows up to the library because he can't find his emily and she fully like does not leave him alone she like follows him around the library and he and, sees her and he's like, oh, I wouldn't imagine you'd be here. <laughs> like just <laughs> which is an amazing burn. Yeah. Burn. <laughs> but at one point, okay, so he finds his Emily. He's checking the book out. And Giles is like, Oh, Emily Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, she was a good poet for. And Buffy's like, a woman? And he's like, an American, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that amazing. was amazing. Yeah, I think this episode is peak <laughs> British for Giles. Honestly, there's so many instances this episode where you're like, "Fuck, you're so British." Um, <laughs> that was the first one. That's number one for people keeping score at home. 
<laughs> but he gets his book and then Buffy is telling her best friends about her experience. Her like amazing with Uma Thurman in the library with Uma Thurman. <laughs> and she sees that they're in the cafeteria and she sees that Owen is sitting alone. So she decides, which is already a red fucking flag. <laughs> like this is a guy that he's like somehow super hot, but like also like the school loner or something. It's weird. You've never seen his character before, but somehow he's like known in the school as like being the weird kid with Emily Dickinson. Buffy sees him and decides to go up, right? She has her Emily, what did she say? Dickens. She kept calling yeah, it Emily Dickens. Dickens, which was amazing. Um, and she's gonna go talk to the super hot loner and fucking <laughs> Cordelia walks up too, I guess. It's yeah. weird that Cordelia is attracted to him. I mean He's, like, generically good-looking, but wouldn't, like, status be a super important factor for Cordelia to be, like... He seems popular, too, though. It seems He's like sitting people... by himself. But, like, but I think choice. that's because he wants to. Yeah. I think because he wants to, yeah. He talks about how he, like, yeah, just wants to think about thinking his dark thoughts, dude. He's just mm-hmm. sitting alone thinking his dark thoughts, and I feel like probably by being unattainable that probably makes him more attractive to cordelia dude but i feel like why does she have a cafeteria lunch tray i thought we already learned that she has like doctor prescribed lunches or whatever and all of a sudden but the doctor prescribed lunches are kept in the cafeteria fridge so maybe when she goes to get them okay she just here's a plate or whatever all right, all right. I'll buy I don't know. It. It's a little bit of a plot hole, but let's just pretend that they give <laughs> her a plate to eat her food. So yeah, Cordelia walks up and knocks Buffy's tray out of her hands with her very wide hips. <laughs> her hips, which are wider than Buffy expected, the shade that she tries to throw on Cordelia in front of <laughs> Owen to like better herself by tearing another woman down. Not a great moment for Buffy, but she does get her tray knocked out of her hands and Owen makes a Soylent Green reference that I really appreciated and I feel like that just points out even more that he is just a nerd that like probably no one at the school understands and Buffy kind of like smiles and nods because she thinks that he's hot and I feel like she's not she does gonna not make get another she does not get the reference she just doesn't <laughs> want to make another like Emily Dickens mistake so she's just like yeah so I <laughs> whatever you hot say guy. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, Cordelia tries to invite Owen to go to the bronze. And the way that she says it is a bunch of us are loitering at the bronze tonight because, like, they're too cool to hang out. They loiter. (laughs) Yeah, they're breaking rules. And Owen has no interest in Cordelia at all and only wants to go with Buffy, which is amazing. Look at her outfit. She has on like these go-go boots. I would want to well, her too. They're both business casual, so I feel like either of them could attract a 40-year-old. Yeah, but he <laughs> fully saw he definitely saw her vagina when she bent down to get her tray. I mean Dude, I also feel like I like how when Buffy tries to throw shade at Cordelia and say that her hips are big, it's like, dude, that is such 90s shade it's like that shit would like no one is fucking 
giving anyone shit for having wide hips. No, now yeah. if she said that, Cordelia would be like, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying I'm thick? Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> she's like, you're so skinny. <laughs> Dude. Okay. So she's going to go meet Owen. She's psyched. They just met and they're already going to go on a date, go to the bronze. But Giles gives Buffy some bad news because what <laughs> what is tonight? Dude, tonight is the evening of the thousandth day after the advent of Septus. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which is when the warrior is going to rise. And of course, it's tonight. And Giles' calculations are correct. <laughs> <laughs> As usual. <laughs> Um, so Buffy is bummed, dude, because duty calls. Giles's calculations are always correct. So instead of going on a date, they have to go to the second favorite place. It's like bronze. Bronze is her first favorite place, and then graveyard is like the second, <laughs> the second hangout spot. And I want to pause because it flashes to the graveyard. And Buffy is sitting there, and she's wearing a tiger, a furry tiger jacket that has a hood. It's a zip-up yeah. hoodie, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's her tiger. raver outfit. It's so amazing. I want one. So yeah, bad. and she's just chilling yeah. in the graveyard with the hood up with this, like, fuzzy zip-up hoodie. It is Who knew amazing. that that would be her most timeless piece? <laughs> like, that, that is... That is amazing. I would wear that now. I would wear that, dude. Totally. I would wear that to yeah. <laughs> um, but nothing okay, comes. So, yes, they were waiting. So they were at the graveyard waiting because they were anticipating, as the prophecy told them, that out of the ashes the anointed warrior would arise. And they were trying to be prepared, but nothing happens. But then, meanwhile, on a bus. Dude, like a oh, church bus, I guess? It's like, okay, okay, no, it's an airplane. They're coming from the airport. An airplane shuttle. I feel Correct. like, thank God, you knew that. <laughs> because I was so <laughs> confused. Like, I, well, at first, they don't show you, like, the sides of the bus. Like, so it splits to the scene of, like, people in this bus right maybe and then but then when they show the outside of it it's like a small it's like one of those like six-seater buses and I'm like where the fuck where are they going like where are they coming from why and it's like late at night yeah it zooms out and you see that it's the Sunnydale airport Sunnydale has an airport yeah apparently Sunnydale has an airport because they don't want to put I mean they can't put like a real airport you know um Okay, so I actually loved this part because on the bus, only two people talk. And it's first a little boy sitting with his mom and he has like this tiny airplane figurine that he's zooming around. And he like, he's like, I went on an airplane, which I guess is also supposed to be the hint. Okay. That I've never oh, picked up wow. before, right? That they I, would just come from an airplane. I could so not he... solve crimes. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. Okay. So he says that, and then he turns around, like he had announced to the whole bus of people that he was on an airplane, and then he turns around, and there is this, like, pretty freaky-looking, like, jacked-up dude, and he starts saying, a pale horse emerged with death as its rider, 
you will be judged. And meanwhile, the little kid's like flying. He's, he's I went on an airplane. And those are the only two people on the bus that have any dialogue. This is the so quintessential like San Francisco bus experience. Just <laughs> yes. to confirm for you. But okay, but this was also another instance where I was like, okay, no, this guy yeah, like it has is to be the anointed. This guy's the anointed. Of course, come on, dude. Yeah. Dude, and he's definitely Which, supposed to be like a war vet, I feel like. Wait, why do you feel that? Up. Dude, because he that has doesn't on, like, mean anything. Dude, he is definitely dressed like a vet. And he is, I feel like they're definitely making him out to be like a a warrior, I guess. Well, yeah, I think it's well, yeah, totally. into it, right? I think that he is supposed to look like a war vet who has who's kind of like going through it right now. That's mm-hmm. what it looked like to yeah. me, at least. And then later on, he's totally wearing camo pants and like boots, but it doesn't you know whatever but he's certainly dressed like i feel like a vet i feel like people can dress however they want but that doesn't mean that they serve (laughs) i think that (laughs) there's plenty of videos of crazy people shouting revelation shit in children's faces wearing camo shit (laughs) i don't think they went anywhere outside of their hometown Dude, this guy's coming back from the airport so (laughs) 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 he he went somewhere for sure um and so yeah and then we get like a kind of it pans to the bronze and Buffy is there and she so she I guess ran from the graveyard (laughs) to the bronze she ran there yes (laughs) and she looks amazing her hair is hella curled and flawless looking even though in the last time we saw her she was wearing a hood (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking it up to powers yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) and then um she sees owen dancing with cordelia and it's super bumming her out dude she stares at them for a really long time (laughs) like a whole song well, Cordelia yeah, there's a is, lot like, of that. really, like, aggressively caressing Owen's arms. <laughs> like, they are but he doesn't, he doesn't look super into it, though. Yeah. I feel like for how long she stood there and stared, she probably could have picked up on, like, what was really going on there, which was that, like, Buffy kind of stood Owen up. And then now he is like awkwardly dancing with Cordelia, getting his biceps felt up. But he is like hella scanning the bronze, looking for her. And she does not notice. She does not think that that's what's happening. Looked pretty obvious to me. I don't know. I feel like if I told Ian I was going to meet him somewhere and then I was like a little bit late, and he was getting aggressively bicep massaged by someone I might dip out like I might be like but he's like looking around obviously dude but only like maybe what if he was looking around because he's like oh I don't want Buffy to see but like I am hitting this tonight totally feeling this right now yeah yeah and then simultaneously it's flashing back to the bus right so Mm -hmm. we're back on the bus again and the guy is still spouting rhetoric and it's funny because just at the point when I was like, this bus is small, like when the bus driver tell him to shut the fuck up, <laughs> the bus driver is like, dude, shut the fuck up, yeah. <laughs> sit down. Dude, bus drivers are heroes. You're weirding sure. us all out. You're making this lady with a child feel uncomfortable. Um, 
And at that moment, someone steps in front of the bus <laughs> and the bus driver must skeet skirt the bus to not hit the guy and he crashes the bus. But luckily Dude, everyone we, survives, right? Yeah. And also <laughs> we kind of get a glimpse of who the guy is that steps in front of the bus. And I think that that kind of like casts a little bit of a dark shadow because we see that the person has vamp face mm -hmm. who steps in front of the bus. So this, I feel like that if we hadn't already gotten some hints and clues that this is where the prophecy is going to take place, I feel like vamp face stepping out in front of the bus was the big one. But I thought the bus would catch on fire. I thought that that there would be a more the natural out of the ashes feeling. Yeah. And that did not happen. I was surprised when everyone was waking up on the bus. Like, uh Yeah. Oh, thank God we survived this crash. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I guess it's not as gruesome as I thought it would be. But, but then, then all the vampires attack the bus. Yeah. They die even more gruesomely by getting eaten. So who do we have on the bus? We have the bus driver, mm -hmm. the mother, the child, the random lady in the back, and crazy revelations guy. Five. Yeah. A bus oh fay for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the name of the episode. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's really good. <laughs> so all those innocent people die obviously so like i said at this point in the episode i was like oh the revelations dude that's yeah and all the anointed is so he's gonna rise from the ashes got it and all the innocent people die but meanwhile buffy is just talking about owen in the tender arms of cordelia to her friends the next day and it gives Xander, I think maybe his best line so far, which is in trying to tell Buffy that she's maybe overreacting, he phrases it as, aren't you acting a little overly? <laughs> and I fucking loved that. I'm using it. It's, it's almost like he wishes there was some type of word that would describe <laughs> her reaction. <laughs> Yeah, some type of overreaction. Dude, and she has an amazing outfit on. She has this like silky blue shirt with this like white tie-dyed bullseye. Oh my god, yes. Yes. And then she has it's on like this, a belly like, shirt, right? Yeah, or, well, I, I or think she has it could be, yeah, but she has high-waisted, like loose work pants on, kind <laughs> of, with like that are belted or something. And I feel like it gives the illusion that the shirt is a belly shirt, but I think her pants are just really high, dude. It's a dope, <laughs> it's a dope outfit. I like that. I like I really like that satin tie-dye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sexy tie-dye. <laughs> somehow <laughs> dude yeah he's like come in my patchouli van and <laughs> no that's not sexy that's not sexy tie-dye <laughs> okay and so dude. dude okay yes so she has her dope outfit on and then she's super um, sad she's very sad but then like owen immediately walks up to her because she's like dude where did you find that sexy tie-dye <laughs> he gone. is lured in yeah exactly <laughs> hook and bait 
bait and what? hook. <laughs> hook and bait. Hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> <laughs> bait and hook. Whatever. It's gone <laughs> in. A like a moth to the flame. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it's exactly what Christy was saying. He walks up and he's like, dude, where were you? I was I, looking for you. I sat by myself talking to no one and touching no one <laughs> waiting for you to show up and it's amazing because her response is definitely something that could not happen now because she said that she her watch broke and there's no <laughs> clocks in her house and there's no clocks, so that's how she didn't know to come and he's like oh here you go you could have my watch and it's like an old timey pocket watch <laughs> And so then I switched back and I was like, this guy is the anointed one. <laughs> I was like, this guy, for sure. He has an old timey watch and he like personally met and was friends with Emily Dickinson. Like, this is, it's all adding up. It's Dude, all adding and he up. like mansplains telling time to her. <laughs> He's like, oh, let's meet at seven o'clock. When this little hand here points right here, that's when it's seven. And I feel like he fucking thinks Buffy is hella dumb, dude. Like from the beginning of the episode when he sees in the library and he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I guess that's just super his type because he is all about it. I mean, to be fair, in all the conversations that he's had with her, she hasn't really dispelled that in any way because she keeps trying to talk about things that interest him that she knows nothing about, like pretending that she knows. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really sound. <laughs> it doesn't sound great. It doesn't sound great. But he definitely is very full of his own knowledge <laughs> about things and it's at a, at a later point in the episode he like talks about how he thinks that girls are frivolous so he's uh he's got his own his yeah he own has issues for sure <laughs> he's got a little bit of uh yeah so what do we get a little nugget of when he get, sh gives Buffy his pocket watch Xander's watch <laughs> what <laughs> Oh, what, what is Xander's watch? Tweety Bird. It's Tweety Bird. It's, Tweety it's like Bird. a cartoon baby. It's like a toddler watch. Dude, he got and it from the cereal a box for sure. He oh my God. I forgot that you could get actual watch. legit prizes from cereal boxes. <laughs> like actual good ones. Like I do think a watch probably. <laughs> Dude, but box. not legit enough to get the girl when no. you don't have an actual watch. That's what I think he's realizing yeah that's that's what that moment was okay and then um we get the we pan to the hellmouth, and this is where we find out that the master is still in his like time warp prison and he is like oh find the slayer and you know if anything goes wrong kill her um which is pretty intense <laughs> and i feel like he's not a very nice master he's kind of a dick dude he i feel like he could be nicer to his followers and there's literally it, only three dudes in there listening to him talk and one of them he like throws across the room <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i definitely wouldn't feel i feel like they need to unionize or something <laughs> because he is a really mean master maybe they his, are and that's what those, ring, those rings are 
reunion koi rings. (laughs) Okay, and so as this is happening, as the master is down there plotting Buffy to get killed, she is getting ready in her room. She's trying to pick an outfit out to like look hot for Owen and Xander is there. Xander is there, confusingly. Why? Why? Why is Xander there? Why is she asking his opinion on clothes? Dude, because like me, she treats her male best friend that she doesn't want to fuck as her gay best friend. (laughs) It's rude. That's just what happens. (laughs) That's just what you do sometimes. Sorry, Joe, if you're listening to this. My bad. My bad, bro. (laughs) Okay, so what does Xander's outfit suggestion of what she should wear on her day? Of like a fucking... A huge, basically like a black ski coat, and then like one of those hunter, like cartoony hunter hats with the earbuds. (laughs) Basically, to cover as much skin as possible, which we know is not Buffy style, so it's only rude and controlling to suggest that. Yeah, and there was a moment where he was like creepily around her stuff on her dresser, and I kind of thought he hid something behind her music no, box it was way creepier than that she was changing and the music box had a mirror on it and he was trying to move the mirror to be able to watch her change oh Gross. my god because he is consistently Ew. disgusting yikes dude yeah it was gross it was gross and he kept doing it for so long that he fucked it up and they don't even yell at him about it. They just give him a look that's like, oh, Xander. Because in 1997, you could still just be like, boys will be boys. Watching their friends change against their will. Gross. It's fine. <laughs> that's fine. This is cool. And then yeah. they find Buffy. So Buffy finds an <laughs> outfit and she looks 35, dude. Like hot, but <laughs> definitely old. Um, but I guess we've already determined that Owen is into that. And she Yeah, because got- he's 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> His Winnie sounds are intense. It's Lotus. Lotus oh. and Winnie were fighting. I just I I've been trying. In the background, I could just hear <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's really funny. They were like, it's because they put their mouths in each other's mouths. Winnie's being really restless. Um okay. Okay, so we get um after okay, so Xander's a fucking creep and I hate <laughs> him right now and I just don't understand their relationship is kind of where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. And then also he pulls Owen Owen comes to No, Giles. Yeah, Giles comes they to her go, house. She goes <laughs> Wait, has Giles is this the first time Giles is at her house? I think so. Okay, okay. So he, she goes downstairs to go on her date and she opens the door and Giles is standing there with the newspaper in his hand. And it's like, look, it's five. It's five. It's five people. He basically sounds like a weird, beautiful mind. Like he's crazy <laughs> nut. That's like seeing codes in the newspaper. It's like dark outside. Um, and he's really concerned and he's like it's happening basically the anointed is going to rise he's like dude this fulfills the prophecy the anointed is coming his whole point is to like kill you 
and you need to get your shit together and Buffy's like I just want a life which I get you know but still dude it's like the whole reason that this anointed one is here is to like drag you to hell (laughs) and you should maybe just maybe just think about that (laughs) but also I feel like she has a pretty sick moment of saying I can do both and she says I mean it's silly but I liked it I feel like it was a good like Buffy trying to figure out how to balance her own life while also figuring out the very real challenges of being a woman and her whole point is that Clark Kent could do it and he had a whole full-time job and Buffy just wants to go on a fucking date and shouldn't she be able to manage like being a superhero and also going on a date and I really liked that I feel like that was a pretty cool moment of saying like not only am I a woman in the 90s who is awesome but like I'm a woman who is going to allow myself to have my slaying career and my moody brooding Emily Dickinson loving man <laughs> yeah, I really like that She's had to defend this the whole episode. Like, I feel like in the first scene, um, or one of the scenes where they're in the graveyard with Giles, it's her and Giles, and she's, like, talking about Owen, and he's like, I mean, you can't really, like, have relationships with people that don't know about your condition, you know? So it's, like, this whole time she's kind of, you know, it's the ultimate fight, internal struggle that Buffy has every episode of, like, she can she be normal and mm-hmm. do like normal things while also being the chosen one she just yeah. wants to go to high school dude and then um, it's awesome because she totally has a pink pager and, <laughs> and she says if the apocalypse comes beat me yeah yes. <laughs> oh my god dude that's on the t-shirt that i got you i'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that it's what that yeah dude that t-shirt that i found from this episode yes i need to be wearing that while we are recording i don't know why i'm not wearing that every time yeah dude (laughs) awesome um okay and then owen shows up right yeah Yeah, owen shows up and he's like what the fuck is the librarian doing yeah (laughs) they should have just been like he's my dad or something i don't know i feel like they could i don't know whatever dude just that would be such a hard lie to me (laughs) Dude, he does bone Buffy's mom later. So I feel like yeah, she she could true. say. Stepdad. Yeah, yeah, totally. Look at that face. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. All right, all right. I don't remember, I don't remember that. Okay. Um, and so Xander talks to Owen so gross and is like, Buffy doesn't like kissing or being touched. And <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, I just I feel like He obviously Owen feels like, ownership get out of here who is this guy why is he at your house why is the librarian here why is owen here (laughs) dude actually yeah i feel like why isn't owen asking those questions because he doesn't even he Mm -hmm. thinks that giles is there because buffy has an overdue book he's like and when they job really seriously (laughs) yeah totally he just totally swallows it he's like okay yeah there's a couple of instances of owen being so gullible that you're like i can't tell if he's dumb if he's dumb or not like he goes he bounces back and forth (laughs) 
dude. Yeah, he's or blinded he just, like, by his dumb stick. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he just has happening. no. He has no practice at social interaction from always eating lunch alone and like hanging out with only like dead poets. He must have had like a glow up year, you know? Yeah, like, totally. He, 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 grew he came back after the summer. Inches. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like his body grew, but his mind is still like 14. <laughs> exactly. That's He's exactly like Lenny. He's a Lenny character. <laughs> he is a giant fucking dude i'll say that yeah dude um, um can i also say that i was i forgot that the date is at the bronze how disappointing is it that that's where all the dates happen I'm okay like, so i guess it's like season one they don't have that much money for multiple sets right so i feel like that has to be mostly what the driving force is also it's a small town in the beginning cordelia says the bronze is the only thing that is around in the town and so I feel like that's just part of it. And then also, yeah, but I feel like, dude, they must go there on like, do they go there on school nights? Yeah. Yeah. They're there every night. They yeah. are there every night. Yeah. <laughs> They're there every night. That's why I was always so disappointed where it's like, let's go on a date. So the place that we were already going to go. It's like, where else is she going to take him to the fucking graveyard? Ugh later she well, will yeah <laughs> also the funeral home so okay so they go to the bronze and we see our second sighting of animal print which i really appreciated that the woman lead singer of the mm. pretty again pretty awesome band at the bronze really good on a weeknight um is like a, a really awesome woman singer wearing like a leopard print dress and a trench coat that kind of <laughs> like works. a leather trench coat i was it's into it i was super coat. into it yeah <laughs> so that was that was amazing but it wasn't as amazing as cordelia's crimped hair where all of the hair <laughs> on huge. her head is crimped dude it's so it was big huge. it's so big and it is amazing i wrote in all caps crimp alert <laughs> that is what was happening and it was fucking amazing so yeah they they are at the bronze and buffy is trying really hard to get on owen's level of how emily like, dad emily dickinson is <laughs> But she wanted her to have, like, an exciting, romantic life. And actually, she was just hella depressed did and not. kept to herself she and then not. died. Yeah, I'm pretty she, sure she was agoraphobic. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And when Buffy can't get down with that, she's like, let's dance. Because I don't want to actually talk to you about your interests. I Wait, just... I actually wrote here. So it, like, pans to what they're talking about on their date. And, like, he's obviously talking about Emily Dickinson. And I wrote, Christy, are you turned on right now? <laughs> no, dude. Kelly reminds me of you in high school. You were always on. We've already covered, but yeah. I definitely wrote that it's like Christy's perfect first day. <laughs> dude. Honestly, yeah. I would have been, been down. I would have been down. I definitely... I like definitely carried around a paperback of Emily Dickinson's poetry in high school and I hung out in the graveyard. So yeah, you dude, did I was pretty turned on. I was pretty turned on. I was I was into it. Okay, one of these episodes, <laughs> one of these episodes, you have to tell the graveyard story. 
yeah, I feel when like Jen, it's only relevant to when Jen was talking about the tombstone that Giles popped out from behind of I was like oh like the one that fell on me do you <laughs> like, like the same kind <laughs> yeah bonus bonus episode sometime and I'll talk about being the great yard but yeah dude you're not wrong I would have I would have gone down with Owen I would have <laughs> I would have had that dark conversation <laughs> Okay, so while this really dark first date is happening, Giles is like, F this, F them, I don't need them, I'm gonna go find the anointed, I'm Giles, I'm British. He pulls up to the cemetery, or cemetery, okay, so I was confused. The funeral home. The funeral home, okay. Which I do feel like a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times the funeral home is like on the cemetery grounds but it is not the morgue though i feel like they smashed funeral home cemetery and morgue all into one building well we've already established that there's like no there's no money oh so i feel like normally it would be the law enforcement area that takes care of like the morgue right and the coroner's office and shit but Mm. we I feel like, no, that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Dude, but Giles has his second super British moment of the episode because you see that he pulls up in this old, timey British car. <laughs> and is it fucked up? I know nothing about, like, British cars, so immediately I was like, is that a Ford Anglia? Because <laughs> I know nothing. But it was just super British. It just looked like a fucking what Austin Powers dad, <laughs> Nigel yeah. Powers fucking drove, dude. It was amazingly British. I feel like the steering wheel was on the other side and everything. <laughs> Did you catch the funeral homes like slogan on the sign? No. It it reminded me of how in Bob's Burgers, their neighbor always has like a different pun as their <laughs> title, dude. So their slogan was we'll take care of the rest oh. like their eternal rest <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah dude. i really liked it i really liked it <laughs> that's incredible yeah i appreciated that moment <laughs> dude but like it becomes clear super quickly that giles has like no plan he's like cornered as soon as he gets out of his car by two vampires outside the funeral home and he just looks at both of them and says damn yeah (laughs) that's all he says dude (laughs) and then there's like a you know one of those commercial break pauses and so then it comes back from whatever the commercial break i guess like for gogurt or yeah (laughs) exactly and then he has a cross which is i guess the only thing he brought with him even though he no he brought steaks remember he ends up later on we find out but yeah he's not gonna fuck with steaks he just has a cross and he just like shoves it in their face and they're like (laughs) 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 and that's all that happens and then he just kind of like runs inside and tries to like block the door and shit and it's just i don't know apparently crosses work a little bit but I feel like for someone so judgy of other people's vampire fighting techniques, he's not yeah. really bringing it super hard this episode. <laughs> yeah. He definitely Dude, does not plunge and move on. There is no plunge and move on for Giles mm-hmm. in this moment. There's only 
Dude, Damn. this whole time I'm like, grab a phone, bro. Like, all you need to do is page Buffy. <laughs> but... No, but he doesn't need to because, so it turns out that Xander and Willow ended up following Giles because they know, like, this dude's gonna need help. He needs Buffy. <laughs> um, and they see that he's in trouble. So they end up going to the bronze to get Buffy. Even though Which... she, she specifically said to page her because she is on a date. They disregard that. Request. Yeah, I just feel like, how could it be faster to go to the bronze than paging her? I don't know. That's Is true. It I mean, right across the street or something. It might be right. It seemed like a small downtown. Didn't yeah, yeah. True. They probably just run through the cemetery, dude. Everywhere they go, they just run through the cemetery, and they're already there. So I feel like it's just yeah, a, that's true. A, a quick skip through the tombstones away, um, dude. And then I'm. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, and then. Oh, I was just saying, okay, and then we're back at the bronze where yeah, Owen is getting some fattening foods for Buffy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. This I, is like second my part of me thing. being like Christy. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I'm, I wrote it down. I'm, I'm into this guy. He comes back from the bar with like a cornbread muffin. <laughs> I don't understand Which, what it is. Was it dude, a breakfast muffin? <laughs> Is it, I don't know. It's not a. It's not a cupcake. No, it's plain. It's yeah. completely plain. Dude, I am. I'm into this guy. He's just like <laughs> spouting. He's spouting Emily Dickinson. He's antisocial. He's bringing a snack. I gave you a pocket watch, dude. I'm That's down. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I feel it. like he was like, "Oh, are you hungry? I'm hungry. Let's get some food." And she's like, yeah, I get something fattening. And then he comes back with this muffin. I feel like he just walked off set and got one of the muffins. The craft table? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, dude, they are not feeding them well. That was not an appetizing looking snack at all. Yeah. It just leads to more confusion about what does the bronze serve? Yeah, dude, does it so I serve feel like coffee? Does it serve alcohol? Does it serve breakfast food? Does it serve bar food? Yeah, like how are there not like fries? That's I what think I expected it, it a, to be. I feel like it must be a cafe. That's such a cafe. Oh, like an under after hours. Yeah, like they're drinking. They all turn, they, can, they do music. Like all they can get fucked up on is fucking caffeine. So I feel like they're giving them. Like espresso and apparently and then like, bread muffins. And Costco muffins. <laughs> yeah, no, Costco muffins look way better than that, dude. Costco muffins are fucking good. They must have been <laughs> um, Sam's Club muffins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dude, I'm so happy. Dude, I've been and so, to talk about that muffin for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but so dude. Cordelia's friend is wearing an amazing outfit. She has on rainbow balloon shorts dude like wait what do you mean what are rainbow balloons like they're rainbow striped and then they're kind of balloon like they look like shorts that you'd wear yeah like like shorts that you an old-timey jester would wear (laughs) yeah holy shit how did i rainbow striped dude they're amazing dude i completely missed that because at that moment angel walks out of the bathroom and i was totally like fully just distracted Dude. by angel <laughs> but when in your distraction when you were like salivating over i guess an attractive man were you like were you like hello salty goodness because that's what cordelia says that is what i said actually <laughs> that's exactly what i 
I'm so confused by that. Like salty is not what like I he's think. a savory, when I see someone like hot. She, no, this is in the nineties how you would call someone a snack. Like oh, okay. She's I... like mm, a cornbread muffin. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh, but I definitely, yeah. I definitely wrote down. I was like, "Oh my god, Angel just walked out," and I was like, "This is gonna be awkward." <laughs> and he's got another like wife beater blazer combo. combo. No, it's a V neck. It's a V neck this time. Oh, he, oh he dressed up. He upgraded to like a Hanes three pack <laughs> from Target V neck, dude. Yeah upgrade salty upgrade yeah so he he sees buffy and he's like buffy he walks right up to her buffy i came to warn you and she's like yeah yeah i know the anointed whatever i'm here with my dude and he was like whoa 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 wait what what dude and then owen walks up and Buffy's in between them, and that's when I realized that they're both eight feet tall. <laughs> this is when I realized that she has a type. <laughs> they're both eight feet tall. They're super dark and brooding, dude. And yeah, it was amazing. It was like, they look similar. I'm sorry. Angel has a more cut, chiseled jaw, but they basically found, like, I think it was the person that got passed up. Like, he auditioned for Angel and, like, didn't get chosen, but they called him back for him. <laughs> <laughs> They look exactly the same. They're interchangeable, I feel like. Um, and obviously, it's an awkward meeting. Angel is bummed that this girl he is not dating is dating <laughs> someone else. So he's obviously bummed about that. They have a weird interaction. And just then, Willow and Xander walk in and... Owen has like a really interesting reaction where he's like, "Oh, are they just everywhere?" Are yeah, just- yeah, like they and- just keep showing up. <laughs> and I did not like that dude because I felt like he doesn't like Buffy's fr- friends. And if you want to be my lover <laughs> with my friends, like <laughs> him not liking the friends is the biggest red flag. It's even more of a red flag than him being obsessed with death and like an eighteen hundreds poet, dude. Like, dude, ten I- out of ten. It rubbed me the wrong way. It's because he doesn't have any of his own friends. So he's like, he's, he's I think he's genuinely confused. He's he like, is this friendship? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wants to suicide pact with Buffy. <laughs> That's his that would theory. be like the so, most romantic thing yeah. he could think of, I think. But I think while they're trying to make their suicide pact, Angel would creepily hang out in the background <laughs> of the shot. <laughs> Okay, like, this, I, I was laughing. I was fucking ball. Okay, so for for the listeners, for the listeners, and or Buffy is trying to tell Owen like, hey. So basically, Xander and Will are like, bro, we got to go to the funeral home. So Buffy is like, Owen, you need to stay here, and he's like, no, I want to come. Which is also creepy. He's like, yeah. no, I want to come to the funeral home. I am so into that idea. He's like, no, 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 wait here. They have an interaction the whole time. So it's like them facing each other, right? The whole time in the background, like the fuzzy background of the shot is Angel staring at them. And he's like in the middle of their like faces. Like it's such an artful. Dude, like listening shot. to everything. Yeah. Yeah. And she and definitely reacting. kisses Owen. She definitely kisses Owen, dude. And in Angel reacts Angel. really intensely, which we get a clear shot of. Thanks again to the directing. <laughs> yeah, that was of so him being just right there. <laughs> I was dying. I was dying. Okay, so then we are 
So now we pan back to the funeral home and I, I really like, I really liked this whole, this whole guy who, I don't know how we're describing him. The guy who we expect to be the anointed is going to make an appearance. I, I really enjoy him. So we're back at the funeral home and it's, is this when Buffy, now Buffy is there yeah, trying to find Giles to like save him and Giles, Giles is found. He was hiding super creepily <laughs> on, top of, on body. top of a dead body, dude, <laughs> which is like totes chill for him. Like he was face in to the face. Freezer, in one of those freezer, in the freezer door dude. Things. Like He's nose committed. to nose yeah. on top of a corpse, dude. And he just like slides out and gets out like it's no big deal. Which is totally well, fine. The corpse was zippered up in one of those plastic bags, but still. No, it had a sheet. Still, dude. Oh, okay. yeah. It was a sheet, dude. <laughs> yeah. And he's just right there. <laughs> so that's going on. And then Giles and Buffy try to frantically search for the body that is going to be a vampire, and they don't find it. Meanwhile, we get a shot of Willow and Xander kind of trying to protect owen from the truth owen who fucking was so hype to go to this funeral home that even after buffy was like please don't come he was like no i'm like i don't want to miss this like i'm hella about this so again i was like it's owen dude he's the (laughs) he loves funeral homes yeah he was like are we gonna get to see a dead body (laughs) yeah he's I feel he's like this is why he's into Buffy, dude. I feel like in some way he can like sense this like darkness around her and like totally, death around her. It totally is. He definitely thinks that she's hella weird and off-putting and he's into that. She has death. And they're like, they're barricading themselves in. Willow and Xander are like barricading themselves into this like showing room. It yeah, seems like, like maybe. Office. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they're dude. trying to protect and she like themselves. unlocks the d- well okay so she they couldn't get in there and Buffy unlocks the door for them with her powers I guess like just takes her hand and like and just like and she's like it's, it's unlocked now. <laughs> and I guess like that was just her powers breaking in to rooms is just another part of it and so <laughs> yeah and so they hide and yeah that's what i'm imagining too like the viewing room like kind of where yeah. host the wake or whatever right yeah and you see that owen opens up this curtain mm-hmm. which i thought was gonna lead to outdoors and Me that too. maybe like hella vamps would be out there closing in on them Me too. and it leaves you with this sense of suspense while that's happening and kind of goes back to giles and Buffy realizing that the vampire isn't there so that you can kind of get the the big reveal of the open curtain and Owen seeing his first dead body and like totally getting a boner for death and for the dead body <laughs> so and weird. So weird. dude he's super excited about it but then he gets freaked out because he's like wait a minute in all of my readings, I didn't <laughs> ever see anything about dead bodies moving. I love how he like, references his readings. Yeah. I was like, wait, is this dead body supposed to move? That's uh, that's another example of him like, wait, is he just hella dumb? He's like, Emily Dickinson never wrote about this. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. She, yeah, death rides around in a carriage. It does not, like, twitch its fingers <laughs> creepily. Um... <laughs> But the guy gets up, dude. He gets up 
and he says the most amazing shit. This is possibly the best vampire. Dude. Okay, he so he stands up. Shit. He stands okay, up. Who is He's, it though? So it's it's oh, okay, Gary yeah. Z guy from the from the the, the camel pants guy. Okay, so this is he is shirtless. He's shredded, but, but he's wearing <laughs> yeah. camo pants and boots. <laughs> oh, wait so okay and if he was in the viewing room that means that the fucking why is he he was naked, prepared dude. to be laid to rest in this fashion like do you think his family has already come and chosen his final resting outfit and they're like shirtless <laughs> yeah, yeah. pants and boots like this is who he was yeah Let's honor that <laughs> that's how i want to go out to you guys official putting this down living living will please bury me shirtless in camo pants and boots so i want the viewing to go um so jen's like no i already can see it in jen's eyes that she has vetoed that idea um so he gets up and he like realizes he like has this moment of realization that he is alive and like feels his strong body and the first thing that he says as part of his afterlife is i have been judged so he even though by nature of being a vampire his self his like id should not exist anymore and he is now controlled by the demon who lives inside of him but he still has this weird sense of self, which I feel like we also had with Jesse mm -hmm. when he goes and tries to fuck with Cordelia. So I guess that that is a thing with vampires, that you still have this sense of self. And this particular vampire, I think this is why he's my favorite. He, he thinks that this is like a blessing from God that has happened and that he has been judged appropriately and brought back to life to like smite the sinners. and. Why does he run around screaming pork and beans? Okay, yes, because after that he yells pork and beans. I think it's because he smells. He pork smells and people, beans. Pork and, and beans. And it smells good, dude. It smells. It smells like a salty, delicious snack to him. A too. salty snack. A salty snack, dude. It's bringing it. It's all coming full circle. And then he says that that he inside of him says that it's okay for him to drink their heart's blood. So I think that he's having like an inner turmoil of his inner religious side, feeling like God has brought him back to life to bring justice, but also that he's gonna get to drink blood and that it's gonna be delicious, like like the pork and beans that he so <laughs> obviously craves. Do you think yeah. blood tastes different to everybody that drinks it? Or do you think it's just across the board pork and beans? Ooh, like in... Um... <laughs> Like in Harry Potter, the the luck potion. Yeah, it, because the I love would be potion, how it smells. so bummed if for eternity that, I don't know. That's just such a if shit. All you can have is pork and yeah. beans. You don't like either of those things. I don't like either of those things. <laughs> well, it would okay. be my health. So he says, um, he is risen in me is like what he says. And I thought for sure that he was talking about the master and that he was the anointed one. anointed okay so now and i'm so, back to thinking it's this yeah guy. and yeah. so every time in my notes now i'm like calling him the anointed one <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm definitely like this is him i knew it all along i haven't flip-flopped yeah right i've been committed Dude. to it being him but then when buffy takes the cross and holds it out to the vampire he yells why does he hurt me 
So I think that's where you see that the he that he's referencing is not the master. He still thinks that this is God has like brought him back in this righteous way. I thought that was dope. I wrote that down and then wrote the word dope because I thought that was so awesome that he thinks that it's God and actually it's a fucking demon that's taken over your body. It's awesome. Yeah, so there's an epic fight scene between this anointed guy that is risen right and buffy at one point she does like a cartwheel on top of one of the metal like <laughs> the what's it called autopsy that yeah she like cartwheels to kick him but at one point owen like lumbers in to save her question mark um yeah. and he ends up getting knocked out and when he gets knocked out the vampire is like he's dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he hits him with a metal door and it's just like dead <laughs> and like Owen just goes to form like damn wow he must be dead because the title of the episode was like about killing your first date so mm. he definitely must be dead and so Buffy thinks that he's dead and fucking flips out at him yeah, yeah and then their fight in in this moment is when <laughs> the the vamp guy camo pants vamp does this thing where he literally like wags his hands like during their fight scene he wags his hands like come and get me (laughs) (laughs) oh he like loves fighting her you know i don't know it was just kind of a weird thing but yeah come and get some and she is all about it because she's pissed that he killed her date she's like you killed my date and and is like screaming that as she's like punching and kicking him and shit and then all of a sudden something in the room is on fire and i was like oh my god did i miss them starting something on fire yeah used me until I realized that they had just opened the door to like the cremation fire. No, they totally did turn it on. Okay. Giles, Giles gets, yeah. He gets thrown into a button panel that like turns on the yeah, which seems the, like the a bad setup, dude. Yeah, it turns on the cremator. <laughs> and the, the door is wide open. Doesn't. The door yeah. is wide open. Um, so Buffy ends up pushing camo pant vampire into the cremator and he burns up, obviously. Yeah, and I was like, that was easy. <laughs> that was yeah. easy. Anointed one dead. And yeah. she goes and Owen is stirring and she goes to help him and he's basically like not into it. He's like, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> and she's like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, let's, let's go home. He's like, no, I'm gonna go by myself. And then Xander and Will are like, we'll walk him home. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like he wants to go with anyone but her basically dude yeah because he can't hang he's just a little emily dickinson reading bitch <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's my type. um so yeah next day sunny day in sunnydale um willow's talking- drinking one of those kool-aid drinks again <laughs> amazing amazing um she's talking about how she's again not talking about the horrific night that she just had that mm-hmm. probably has given her ptsd she's talking about how she blew it dude mm-hmm. she blew the yeah date. with her Owen is- her first date dude it's the first un it's the first living man <laughs> since she got to sunnydale because angel is dead so they've never even count. been on a date yeah and this is her first date it was her first romantic interest it was her first time trying to balance like being a slayer and saving the world and also having a normal teenage girl existence and it was a huge fucking flop 
at every turn, dude. The guy couldn't even pick her up at her house without Giles and Willow and Xander all being there. And she's totally bummed. Yeah, but she but- is wearing this like red suede jacket with <laughs> with pearl buttons. Like the buttons oh, are pearls. Shit. And then there's a scene where she stands up and I'm pretty sure that the pants are matching. Like it's a yeah. matching material. Yes. that's amazing that's amazing the pearl buttons so she everything. had to wear her power outfit to like feel okay about what happened last night dude but, but then yeah Owen so walks Owen, up. what the fuck is what the fuck owen he is a fucking you, creep i fucking he's so creepy this whole time he's giving off bad vibes but he basically walks up and he's like buffy actually i did like our date and i want to go out again and she's like oh my god yes cool me too and he's like yeah can we do more stuff where like we almost die because I got so hard almost dying and I want to experience that shit again he's like dude this is what life feels like he wants to experience it but there's this part where she's like he says he wants to see her again and she was like what that was my hopeful ear yeah (laughs) she has to make every conversation so fucking awkward yeah Dude, and then oh. whatever song is playing in the background. It's so sad. So sad. It's like, so I don't sad. know what it Dude, is. Dude, it's it is called so like sad. when the sun dies. I looked it up. It was <laughs> oh called like God. when the sun dies or some shit. Dude, and it's because Buffy's about to get crushed because he's like, yeah, I want to go on another date. And Buffy thinks that that means going to the bronze or maybe the cemetery because those are the only places she has dates. And he doesn't even want that. He's like, let's walk downtown at 3 a.m. and get in a random bar fight. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's so like, dude, weird. <laughs> you couldn't even hang. Like, you couldn't even walk me home last night after our, like, first fight in a morgue. So I don't know what makes you think that you can handle a 3 a.m. bar fight, but... And he, like, wants to hurt living people. Like, he doesn't get that she was fighting demons. He's, like, down to fuck someone else's night up to, like, (laughs) get off. Like, he is fucking creepy. I do not like him. Yeah, not cool. And so, okay, so we're over Owen. He's the worst. He's not quite as bad as Xander, maybe, but pretty bad. And we end up having Giles come in to have this, like, fatherly watcher talk with Buffy that made me really interested in watcher lore. And I don't think we ever really get any answers about that because Giles comes down and he says that his father told him, told Giles when he was 10 years old that he was going to be a watcher and that Giles is father was a watcher before him and And his grandma his grandmother dude so does that mean that giles's family that seems to imply that giles's family line are a line of watchers and if there's only ever one slayer are they the only watchers and then does that mean that giles has to have children i have a lot of questions that do not get answered as far as I can remember in the entire series. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of... He just gives little nuggets like that about his it was, path. It was really weird. And then, like, that's not hella promising for Buffy because he's like, you'll be fine. My life ended when I was 10. And, like, now I'm alone and a librarian and I just hang out with, like, 16-year-olds. 16 16 year and I show up at their house. 
She like, their house at night, dude, and interrupt their dates. Drinking Boreville. <laughs> <laughs> Out of a mug. Dude. So, yeah, Buffy, I think that Buffy's coming to terms with the sacrifices she has to make for the safety of the world. Mm-hmm. And so we have the closing scene. We're thinking the master must be pissed. Yeah, he's, like, super melodramatically in his throne and, like, all of the light is blue. And, yeah, so I feel like they're definitely panning it out for him to be, like, oh, my anointed has been burned. Yeah. (laughs) But that's not the case. It's not. He's talking. He's talking to someone. Who's he talking to? The kid, dude! The The kid kid with the airplane! The kid from the bus! The kid! It's the kid! The kid's the warrior. Creepy! Because Buffy would not know him, and either would we. Because it was a small child. That was one of the best twists, honestly. I did not see that coming at all. Um, That was pretty good for a 90s twist. I completely forgot all about that kid. Yeah, it was well done. And there was, like, three other people that I thought it was, so, before and that. Kid, I feel like when they do demon kid stuff, it's real creepy, so. <laughs> Mommy! <laughs> Mommy! <laughs> and that's it! That was the end of episode five. Closing thoughts. Jen, what did you think? Have you seen this episode before? I mean, yeah, I've seen okay. all of the episodes before, but only when they were on. Okay. No. So it had been a really long time. So I definitely didn't remember anything. And so, yeah, I, I didn't remember anything. I definitely was surprised. I definitely thought it was camo pant (laughs) was the anointed one. And I was super surprised at the end. Um, but I thought it was good. I felt like I'm happy that we got back to some, you know, it seems like they're kind of like laying, whenever they go back to this master, it seems like they're laying the groundwork for like longer plots and storylines. Mm-hmm. And I think that these past few episodes we've gotten were more like one-off monsters. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool to like get back to, you know, this like longer running story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm sad that Buffy didn't get a real, get you know, experience I don't know, whatever. I felt actually, I take it back. I feel like she did get a good experience. She went on a date with this little bitch who was into Emily <laughs> Dickinson, and then he ended up fucking disappointing her. And I actually it's like think a normal, that's a true yeah. lesson, yeah, of being 16. <laughs> she wants to be normal. What's yeah. more normal than that? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. This episode was created and recorded by Amanda Kelly, Chris Rath, and Jen Rath. It was edited by Jen Rath. Our theme music is by Daniel Nico and James Massa. Thanks, everyone, for listening.